You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose Through Pain podcast. I am your host, Joseph James, and I have two amazing friends with me today, Aaron and Sarit. They're founders of Improve You Coaching, our body transformation experts. To date, they've coached thousands of clients, helping them to achieve their ultimate bodies. They are known for hosting their popular talk show, Espresso with Aaron and Sarit, where they openly share their wealth of their real, raw life experiences with their audience. Aaron and Sarit are on a mission to transform the weight loss industry by optimizing the lives of millions through the same movement, nutrition, and lifestyle habits that transform theirs without relying on the scales, the counting, the calories, and macros. Aaron and Sarit, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really honored to have you guys on uh, on the show for guests. Hey, thank you for having us. It's it's great to be here. Awesome. So, what y'all are y'all are more than just personal trainers. I mean, y'all go y'all go through the whole gambit of things, but y'all are really after people's mindset. What made you? Because because when you when you I read your bio, your bio talking about the transformation of things. There's a lot of personal trainers out there. There's a lot of people that can write meal plans, but y'all have taken it a little bit deeper, okay? And there's a reason why something's happened in y'all's life. And of course, this this podcast is about pain. It's about trauma. So what is it that went on with y'all during your your livelihood that made you get into fitness, but also made you go after the mindset behind it? Mm. I mean, we, we each have our different stories. Um, do, you, do you want to start with yours? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of a internal self-inflicted trauma. I feel like just an expectations that I put on myself that was the catalyst to me changing my health, my wellness, my body. And, you know, for me, it was like, I'm a very outgoing person by nature and I had to fake my confidence for a really long time. And that that's the trauma that I caused myself pretending to hide and not feeling like I was really being who I was. And, you know, for me trying to wear certain kind of clothing that would cover up, you know, this part of me here or that part of me there. So nobody would see, but really at the end of the day, I know what I know. And so feeling like I'm this big personality, but I'm, it's, it's such a, it's an artificial confidence that I'm trying to get people to see. Yeah. And I don't think anybody knew but me. And so it was kind of like a, a cancer from the inside. And so for me, you know, I, I ended up changing. Um, I ended up getting a personal trainer and going from there. And, you know, we're actually not even, I mean, we're certified personal trainers, but that's not really what we do. Hey, we do everything virtually and it is a lot of mindset because the the thing with this industry, this weight loss industry is that you can focus on just what you're eating or you can focus on just what, how you're moving your body and the fitness and you can focus on both. Yeah. 
but that's not going to change or make a transformation in your thought process or what you listen to or what you watch or who you surround yourself with or what's in your house or how you talk to yourself. All of these other components are really what will make or break the results that somebody's getting. And, you know, through our own journey of failure, trying different diets, trying to do all these different things, pills, low carbs, counting calories, all this stuff, it's very much just a focus on one thing that doesn't actually address why we're choosing to do that one thing. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, that's kind of what we learned in our journey. And for me, it was very much a like, I'm killing myself from the inside, not being who I really know that I am, because there's this thing that feels like it's in my way. And it was a, an external transformation I thought I was looking for. But in that process, I became the person that maintains the body that I have now without having to focus so much on the things that everybody focuses on or that the weight loss and nutrition um, and health industry try to get us to focus on in order to lose weight. Yeah. So was it is a series of events or, or was it, or just a series of things that happened that you created that mindset in you to feel, to cover up the things that you didn't want people to see, but yet you were still trying to get people to see. So they, you were wanting people to see your personality without seeing your outward appearance. I wanted my outward appearance to feel to me like I felt like who I am authentically. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there was a match. Right. When did that change for you? Man, you know, so I had started losing weight and I was doing great. I was like 170, 175 pounds. And I got, you know, I had lost about 40 pounds or so, 35 pounds with a personal trainer. Um, very much practicing like a, a lot of the things that we teach and implement now. But then I did a figure competition and it was so strictly regimented and it was like, you're perfect or you're not, you're all in or you're out. And it created this pattern for me that was like just so destructive. And there was a point where I was struggling with disordered eating patterns, you know, the like, it was like a battle every night of me versus food after that because now I'm allowed to eat whatever I want. I don't have a stage to get on. And so I would just have these, like, it's almost like I had no control over myself. And so I think the shift was made when I changed my perspective on the purpose of food. And that is really actually when I found CrossFit and very competitive. So when I started doing this sport, I realized that, you know, when I eat certain things, I feel either slower, heavier, things are harder, or I feel lighter and I feel faster and I feel better and I can do more and I can beat more people. Right. And so for me, it was a, it was just a mindset shift. It was a, yeah. a change in perspective, which is my favorite thing to do with anybody because you can stand on one street corner and you can see at the four-way stoplight, you can see all the other corners. But if you were to go to stand on another corner, you're going to see a completely different view. So it's sometimes it's that simple where somebody just needs to see their situation a little bit differently. And I think I learned how to do that well 
and that's what made the shift for me. And, and it has become a habit. If, if I'm seeing something in a way that doesn't feel right or doesn't sit right with me, I ask, how can I see this differently? Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Is that something you would tell the listeners, you know, when it comes for, for them to know how to shift their mindset, is that something you would, a tip that you would give them is just being able to see things differently? Yeah. To ask yourself, like, if this circumstance is happening, why is it happening potentially to my benefit? Can I even investigate that realm? Why could this possibly be happening for me for something better rather than like a, a woe is me? You know, this uh, that's, is just, that's interesting that you said that you said for me instead of to me. Why? Because for is to the benefit of in this case, like, oh, she did this to me. Put gum in my hair. She did this to me. She put gum in my hair. She did this to me. Maybe you look. She's rude. (laughs) Maybe you look. Maybe you didn't know how badass you looked with a short haircut until you had to cut your hair. So she did that for you. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You know what I mean? When 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 we go into the to me, then becomes a victim mentality. Hundred percent. Instead of a for me, you know, because. I mean, ultimately, there's things that happen to us, whether it's in our control or not. But how we respond to that can be how well we can look at that as a blessing or something as a curse to us. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember years ago, this is back in 2012 when I was with the sheriff's department, I was let go. And I was let go for some really unfair reasons, you know, nothing illegal or anything like that. But like, it really just made me distraught because I love doing that. But if I went, if that would have happened, I would have never had the opportunity to move down to New Orleans to become a dog trainer. I was making $35,000 annually as a, as a sheriff's deputy. Now I own a seven-figure business. You know, I could look at that as like, well, I could blame them and I can be, you know, y'all did this to me versus y'all did this for me. Thank you. <laughs> you know? It only hurts you when you think about it and from a victim mindset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And do y'all, do y'all see a lot of that with people that are contacting you, just a victim mindset? Is that why, I mean, for you, Aaron, you, you've, we kind of start going and gravitating to things to help people out in which what we have dealt with in our own life that we've been able to conquer or at least overcome to a degree to be able to help people. Do y'all see that a lot in what you in and what y'all are doing? Yeah. And, and, and we say your mess becomes your message. Um, Ooh, that's good. You know, you over, you've overcome something. You now you know how. And you see other people who are struggling with that same thing. And you're like, oh, I can help you because I've done this. I've been through it. I've been where you are. I know how much that hurts. And I have the skills and I have the ability and I have the understanding to help you navigate through this. Yeah, I like that. Your mess becomes your message. I might have to borrow that. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure we borrowed it from somebody. I'll give you credit anyway. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I always do that, but that's good. Your mess becomes your message. I mean, ultimately, you know, and of course this podcast being about pain and trauma and grief is, you know, we all have a purpose through what we go through. There's a purpose for it. It's just a matter of finding it. You know, you never know what we go through. For me, I thought my wife was going through cancer so she could help other people. But really, when she succumbed to it, it was more about me helping other people. And I didn't realize that until the very end. I thought that this was not only did I think that it was our journey as a family, but I just kept on saying, babe, you're going through this to be able to help other people out. 
you know? And even though that's true to a degree, I was looking at it in just as a small standpoint of things in terms of she was diagnosed with cancer so you can help other people out with cancer. What it did is it opened up so many doors for me because it made me go all the way back to my childhood of dealing with rejection from my dad, dealing with abandonment, uh, seeking approval, to hating my dad, to wishing that he was dead, to my dad dying my best friend 22 days prior to my wife, you know, and then our journey with that. And it's just opened up so many more doors that, like you just said, my mess, because it was a mess, it was hell, you know, has now become a message. So, Sari, now tell me, open up a little bit to me about, you know, what's going on with you and how you got into the industry that you're in now, the the fitness and and just the, the mindset challenge, the mindset change of improving people. Yeah. So it is a journey because initially I got into fitness, like when I was a teenager, because I wanted to lose weight because growing up, I was a fat kid and I was being made fun of and I was sick and tired of being known as the fat kid. So, you know, you said something really good, Erin. And, you know, you think that the external transformation is what it is that you're looking for, because I think, you know, and, and Grant Cardone, like he's your mentor, he's our mentor too, but he says it all the time. Like people believe what they see. I think so many people think that what they want is a, an external transformation because then they can see the difference. But with an internal transformation, you can't see it. You feel it and it's a lot deeper and it requires a way greater level of awareness. But to stay in the page that I was on, you know, I got into it because I, I wanted to lose weight. You know, it ended up leading to a decade long of just complete chaos trying to figure it out, you know, like I was, you know, I've, I've tried everything, seen everything under the sun, um, also have a very obsessive mentality. So I went from like, you know, limiting my food, like, you know, cutting out like junk food to like completely eliminating food out of my diet to like anorexia, bulimia, just a complete yo-yoing for like an entire decade, you know, like obsessing over calories, obsessing over the scale, um, you know, coming to find out that I lacked confidence. I didn't trust myself. I had really bad anxiety. I depended on food to cope with my emotions until one day was three weeks after I graduated college. My dad got a massive heart attack. And I just, you know, I'm from Israel originally. I came to the U.S. to to play tennis in college. So, you know, my entire family is in Israel But he was working in Africa at the time. So like he had to be flown home on a medical plane. I, you know, like I bought a one way ticket to go home. But anyways, it was an extremely traumatic experience. I it was the worst day of my life that led me to define my purpose. So really, like my mess became my message. And I remember like when he was being reeled into the hospital, like barely even alive. And I was just I was so grateful that he made it. I was so scared for myself, for my family, for him, because, you know, like, okay, now he's here. But like there's going to be so many unknown scenarios over the next couple of weeks. Like who the heck knows what's going to happen? I felt, you know, like the, the world was weighing on my shoulders. Like I felt like, you know, my my family dependent on me because. You know, like my dad was the breadwinner and God forbid, like what's going to happen? I'm the oldest child. Right. So 
I just remember like when I, when I saw him being reeled in and like everything that I experienced, I was like, if you don't change your ways 30 years from now, you're going to be right there. Like, is that how you want to live the rest of your life? And, you know, in that moment, I was like, I need to change my ways because if I don't change my ways, nothing else is going to change because whatever I thought I was trying to change, my body just kept on doing this because I was a hot mess in here. You know what I mean? So I decided to really like find the information that I needed to find in order to find the answer of how, like, what do I need to do? And, you know, like there's a statement that goes, you know, when, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Right. And I've had a group of three mentors, three dudes who took me under their wing and kind of like taught me their ways. And I kind of like got into like, like, you know, CrossFit training, um, you know, eating real food, what that looks like. I finally felt supported by other people, which has seemed to be like the most powerful thing for me because when things get tough and you're on your own, it's really easy to give up. But when you have other people to support you, there's no way in hell that that's going to happen. But yeah, like that terrible experience led me to my purpose. So I'm kind of insanely grateful for it because, you know, like it has become our mission. Like, and then, you know, once I figured it out within six months, my body did a complete 360 and it's like, you know, but then it's like, I didn't come this far to only come this far. Like the body is not enough. Right. Now I was like, I want to do, I want to help other people the same way that I helped myself to achieve that. Like that is really what I was looking for. So, you know, yeah, that's how us began our, our journey in this industry. Chapter two. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, what Grant says about people believe what they see, you know, and our mind is a very powerful tool that we can also, you know, there's a difference between seeing something and then envisioning something. Envisioning has to do with the heart, okay, where seeing something is, of course, the eyesight. And our eyesight will always lie to us, you know, because the eyesight's you now also attached to the brain that's attached to fear, right? We look at something and we're like, man, I wish I could do that, you know? And then we start thinking about all those things. And when it comes into trauma, you get people where, you know, someone has spoken over them. Hey, you're fat, you're ugly. You know, the bullying, the things that we dealt with in high school. I mean, I was a runt. I was a runt of my family. You know, I tried playing freshman football at 89 pounds. Okay. I had the biggest humongous heart, you know, and I laugh too, so it's fine. (laughs) You know, I had the biggest humongous heart, but yet I, I didn't have the size to play, you know, and that, you know, that went on, I graduated high school weighing 105 pounds at five feet, you know, and, but it was those things right there that I, I was kind of like, you know, I had to take it in a way that I was so used to being bullied that I would stand up for myself. But the way I stood up for myself is I would make people laugh with me instead of at me, you know? Well, that's what I made myself believe anyways. The whole entire time they were still laughing at me, but I twisted it in my own mind that they're laughing with me. You know, and so I would try to entertain that. I would, I became the class clown and I would make the jokes or, hey, would you ever hit a kid with glasses? You know, kind of thing like that, you know? And, but it's, I didn't see my capability. I didn't see it because I never had anybody in my life at that time speaking into me. You know, it was always speaking 
against me. It was always saying, you're going to be like your dad. You're going to be like this. You're going to be like that. And that was putting me down. I didn't, ha- I was like, y'all, I didn't have the confidence, you know, to, to even think that I could get out of this situation, you know? And I know that, you know, that y'all dealt with this, but even with me coaching, I have found, especially in verbally abusive relationships, that people started to believe what other people were seeing about them. And, or really not what other people were seeing, but what other people were casting on them. You're fat, you're ugly, you'll never be in another relationship, nobody else will want you, all those things, which led to a lot of different stuff. Depression, eating disorders, you know, all this stuff where they truly couldn't believe what they wanted to see, you know? And that had nothing to do with the physical sight they begin to see it with the physical sight because they begin to believe it through other people instead of saying, you know what? I'm not ugly. I'm good looking. I'm handsome. I- I'm not fat. I'm not overweight. I may not be where I want, where I want to be. I may not be right there right now, but I know that I can get there. You know, so it's a very powerful statement. So how does, you know, w- with y'all coaching, how has your mindset and the two of y'all together, how has that been able to help and transform other, other people's lives? And I mean, for one, I think that we're very blessed in that we have a good relationship, like we're married and we, and we do our business together and, you know, our, our ability to, I think everything comes from personal growth and development. And I think because both of us as individual people focus on personal growth and development every day in some way or another then we have the ability to grow together. And if we're talking about being able to make a transformation in the lives of other people, for one, we both can speak their language. We both have been through all the struggles. We both can speak into that, like, I know where you're at. And then when it comes to our ability to help them, she has a lot of strengths that I don't, and I have a lot of strengths that she doesn't. Not not that either one of us wouldn't be strong in those things, yeah. but it's not our jam. It's right. not the thing that we can get lost in or fuels us or that we're just more naturally smart at. And so, you know, we've, we've been very blessed in that, you know, I'm very good with, I mean, sales and technology and the marketing side of things. Whereas, you know, she does a lot of coaching with like our, our coaches. She trains our coaches. She's very much more organized than I am, you know? So we both have like something very different to bring to the table that fills in the gaps. And so we're very blessed in that way because we can deliver now anything that we need to deliver being the two of us. And we're also on the same page. We also communicate every day about where we're going, where we are, what needs to improve, how we can show up better for people and serve them better. Uh, and I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to add anything to that, Sarit? You know, I mean, we, we both have a similar perspective, but we've had a different experience leading up to it. So, you know, to touch up on what you said, it's like we, we fill each other's weaknesses, really. Yeah. But I would say that, like, us separately, we're pretty badass. But together, it's just like dynamite. Yeah, dynamite. Ah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So to our listeners, you know, those that are struggling with 
whether it's been an eating disorder or they're just stuck in life. You know, we all get to that point where we're just stuck. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to get out of what we're in, okay? What would be some things, some tips that you guys would go, when you're, when you're talking about the mindset, what would be some tips that you would give the listeners on how to get out of their funk? I feel like that answer's like endless, but I'm trying to figure the most impactful one. And, you know, I'm going to say the one that might sting the most because that's what usually moves people the most. And that's taking ownership and understanding that you're responsible for where you are right now. That's good. That hurts because if you don't like where you are and you know that you're responsible for that through your actions and your choices, it's not an easy or a fun thing to accept. But as soon as you accept that, you give yourself back control. Because if you own the fact that you've made the decisions and you've chosen the things you've chosen and those things have all put you where you are, then what that says is also that if I can then look at what I have control over, then I am fully responsible for the solution as well. And and nothing can stop me from the solution. You are the problem, but you're also the solution. That's good. That'll yeah. preach, girl. <laughs> yeah. What... What you said is amazing. And, you know, it's very much true. Like the byproduct, like your life right now is a byproduct of all of the decisions and choices that you've made up till today. Your body right now is a byproduct of everything that you've eaten, the way that you moved, the way that you didn't, you know, the people that you surrounded yourself with all the way up till now. So the next point is... And you probably see it a lot because I know you're really into training and stuff. But when somebody is ready to change their body, they want it to happen five days ago. Ah, yes. So the two biggest gaps in the weight loss industry. Number one, people are not clear on their goals. People don't know how to set goals. So like if you go to the gym and ask somebody like, why are you here? They're like, cause I want to lose weight. Why? Because, because I should lose 20 pounds. Right. It's like people don't know what authentic goals mean. Like, because if I'm like, okay, like, so I want you to close your eyes and think about how do you want your life to look like one year from now? Like people get scared by that because it's, it's like, it's a deep question. And if like, if you don't take these daily practices, then it can be overwhelming. So setting goals is the first thing. But the second thing is that weight loss is, or anything in life, like life is really simple. But the reason why we complicate things is because we want things to happen now. And if it didn't happen now, we assume, especially if you don't have ownership and a growth mindset, that something is not working. How many times have you ever heard at the gym, I've hit a plateau? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's nothing wrong with a plateau. That just means that you took it to the next level and it's going to take more effort to change. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there's this stigma about, oh, I've hit a plateau, like things stop. Just because, you know, like things are not moving as fast doesn't mean that something is not happening. You know, so the other point is, it's, it's going to take you longer than you think initially, but if you do it sustainably, then it's going to happen faster than you ever thought because there's no up and down. There's just one forward trajectory. But initially, like you have to build momentum from a dead stop. And for a lot of people, um, depending on whatever their background is, sometimes it's not even a dead stop. It's like, how about we stop the train that was moving in the wrong direction Backwards. to a dead stop? 
so that you can move forward. And really that's where the mindset piece is so important because like we have a bunch of clients who, who come to us with like a, with a terrible mindset, really like talking down on themselves. They're not even realizing it. And they're like, Oh, we eat so clean, blah, blah, blah. For one, like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. The other point is, is that how you view yourself and how you speak towards yourself, like has such a massive impact on your choices. Like you can focus on macros all day long, but if you call yourself a fat piece of shit, guess what? When you look in the mirror, you're going to see a a, a fat piece of shit. And it sounds woo-woo as hell. And I'm not telling you that if you just like, you know, pray about it, like the weight's going to come off. Absolutely not. But you know, like how you think about yourself and a lot of it is subconscious. So like most people are like not even aware of, you know, like how negatively they're thinking about themselves. So of course, like if you cross the street and you smell this pizza, like you're a lot more likely to fall into making a bad decision because you don't think highly of yourself. And, you know, like it's hard for you to set boundaries because you don't think highly of yourself. Therefore, when it comes to making a decision, you put something that's not in alignment with regards to your goals. And, you know, just like one meal is not going to like completely like transform your body. Like it's, it's going to take a little bit of time to create that. So, you know, these things take time. Patience and self-talk. Yeah, uh, mentor Brandon Brandon Austin always says, what you think is what you say. What you say is what you do, and what you do becomes your legacy. So it starts with thought, because whether you like it or not, eventually that those thoughts are going to come out your mouth. Yeah. And if they're coming out of your mouth, your actions are going to align with that. Yeah. And if your actions are consistently aligning with your thoughts, then that is what you become. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Aaron, you said the comment about, you know, taking ownership. You're responsible for where you are right now. You know, that's a, that's, there's a, and I just want to tell something to the listeners that are out there is there's a difference between taking ownership and blaming yourself. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people think ownership is they have to blame themselves for a circumstance. Okay. I can't help that my wife died of cancer. Now, if we want to look back, we could change eating, things like that. We, we know that, okay? Or even in the instance where I grew up in an abusive home. I, I can't help any of that, you know? However, the way I allowed myself to be led into feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, always seeking for approval, that was on me. You know, I could have taken ownership of saying, you know what? Just because I grew up in this doesn't mean it had to affect me for 40 years of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And... That's accepting it. And so I'm kind of, I'm with you on that. I, I like to tell people, you know, when it comes to healing is number one is forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for that. And that is by taking that ownership of, okay, I shouldn't have been so hard on myself. I shouldn't have acted this way. I shouldn't have done this, you know, but without blame because blaming isn't going to get us anywhere whatsoever. It's just going to keep us stuck But saying, you know what? I shouldn't have done that and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to act this way anymore. I'm not going to think this way. And I made a comment yesterday. I actually wrote it down um, in another podcast. To change your mind, you have to feed your mind. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And of course, and you were just saying it, Sarit, we can feed ourselves with negativity and our mind's going to go that direction. Or we can feed ourselves with positive things and the things that we want to go towards in life and our mind will go in that direction. Just like what Brandon says, you know? And yeah, like how many times when you watch the news, do you feel positive? Oh, never. That's why I never watch it. (laughs) I don't. 
but everybody watching the news and wonder why they're like always stressed and unhappy and like, yeah, you're feeding your mind and that's what you'll think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing with social media. You start scrolling down Facebook and that's why for me, it's just like, I choose so much to try to be as positive as I possibly can, you know, because it's like, you don't have to help people become negative. They're doing it on themselves. Like, it's like we have to work extra hard to help people think positive. Yeah. And, and the difference between blame and ownership is blame is trying to take ownership for something that you don't have control over. Ooh, that's good. And ownership is knowing I have control over this and I chose, I could have chosen differently to get a different outcome. You can't choose like, and, and you know, there's a book called extreme ownership where you can get like really into it. Like if you get in a car accident, you're like, this is my fault, you know, taking ownership. Like, and if you really get down to it, if somebody rear ends you, it's so easy to say, ah, this person ran to me, it's their fault. It's like, well, if you were in the other lane, they wouldn't have rear ended you. So what actually do you have control over? What are you responsible for? And the thing is, when you take that responsibility, you take back control. Yeah, and when you true. have control, you find your power. But if you're going to blame, 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 even if you know, you're like, man, they didn't see me press the brakes. They just right into me. Yes, that is their fault. But it's your fault. You were in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that, Aaron. Just blaming is taking ownership over something that's not in your control. That's blaming yourself. I, I really like that. That's 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 a powerful statement because it's so easy to do that in the subconscious mind. You, know? you have to be careful though, because I think that a lot of people could then get into like, you know, like a lot of people don't understand how much control they actually have and what things they are responsible for. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so we have to like that that can be a slippery slope too because you know, like I cannot take ownership for the fact that someone burned my house down. Right. Right. If I'm blame, if I, if I'm trying to take ownership for that, then I'm blaming what I do have responsibility for is that was my house yeah. and it was sitting there. And if I owned a different house, then maybe my house wouldn't got lit on fire, right. you know? So it's, but you know, you got to take it to where like, okay, you know, how did this happen for me again? It, that always makes you just feel a little bit better to start to visualize like how how could this have happened for me? Yeah. What's the purpose of this? And and you know when you when you not to interrupt you but when you say when you talk about you know going back to how, why did this happen for me you know or how did this happen for me I, I look at the tangible value that we put on things okay we put a value on relationships we put a value on items I remember my wife and I were dating okay and this was back in two thousand three time frame, show my age. And uh, I had ha I had a Honda Civic, a four-door Honda Civic completely paid off, okay? And it was sitting at a intersection. We're in Philadelphia and we're at dinner at her parents' house. We're eating dinner and we keep on seeing these cop cars and ambulances go by, right? And so finally we're like, the sirens are like music to the ears up there, but we're like, this is awful close. Let's just step outside. And we noticed that there was a wreck right there at the intersection where my car was at. So we ran down there and a guy ran a, ran a stop sign, T-boned a lady, and then ran smack into my car, totaled my car, you know? And everybody's upset about my car. Oh my goodness, I can't believe your cars. You know, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, nothing. There's nothing I can do about it. It's just a car, you yeah. know? But yet my response, I knew for me at that time, if I acted anything other than this happened for me, I knew I was going to rob myself of my blessing, you know? Because what people didn't realize is, I was ready to move up in another car. I was ready to promote myself, so to say, by I wanted a bigger vehicle. 
And with that happening, I got full coverage on the insurance, got the full check for the payoff because it was already done. And I was able to bless myself by going to get the vehicle that I wanted, you know, and it all based off of how I perceived at that time. I'm like, that happened for me. It didn't happen to me. You know, and there's so much that we can apply in life. I mean, you know, you, you look at trauma, you look, you go back and I'm so glad I, I, I look at the circumstances of myself, of, of my dad. Right. And I'm like, okay, my dad was abusive to my mom, to my two sisters and my brother, including myself. And I can become the victim. Okay. At time I was, there was a time in my life I was a victim, but then I really started to think, I'm like, let me put myself in my dad's shoes. Why was he that way? And really it boiled down to is that's all he knew. I mean, where is there really a, a book on parenting? Where's there really a book on how to grow a business? We, we, we have ideas. We have different things, okay? I mean, we're, we're surrounded with some great people on, on business development and things like that. But is that the right way or is it a way? It's a way. It's a way. It's not the way, you know? Right. My dad only knew what his dad showed him. You know, and I started to think about that. And I'm like, you know what? Because my dad was abusive to my mom, I've never laid a hand on a woman ever. Right. You know, now I could have went one of two directions with that. I could have thought, well, that's how marriage is supposed to be. Right. But I'm like, something, something's not right. I don't like be treated like that way. Right. You know, never been abusive to my children. Never was abusive to my wife. Don't, I don't think there's an abusive bone in my body. You know, I hope to God there's not, you know, but it was that mindset then of knowing and understanding where that person came from and then recognizing this happened for me and not to me. I, I love that statement. I'm going to be using that a lot. I'm telling you. <laughs> I got that from Ed Millett. Ed Millett. Yeah. Yeah. Now you made a reference to the book. Um, was that uh, from Jocko Willink? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So Sarit, you said, I love something that you said also, your body's a byproduct of choices. Correct. You know, and and I love the reference that you put it. We live in a mentality that you can get fast food. You've got Amazon, you've got Google, you can get anything and and it becomes so addictive. It's like, I don't go, if I really want something shopping, I don't even go to the stores now. I go straight to Amazon because I'm like, if I can get it in one or two days, screw waiting, waiting to see if it comes in a store. I don't even want to go. And, you know, we want, we want our weight loss results to be overnight, but yet we didn't get there overnight. We didn't gain that hundred pounds overnight. You know, we, you know, we want, I I want the healing in my life to be done. I want, you know, trauma to be completely over with overnight. You know, I want the new relationship or I want the business to be, to grow to seven or eight figures overnight, you know, and nothing happens in that time. And, you know, going back to what you said about not the clear goals, you know, goal creating helps us establish a timeline. Yes. Yes. Because if you don't put a timeline, it's like Tony Robbins. Tony, you know, Tony Robbins has had people come up and saying, you know, what's a goal? They're like, I want to make more money. And he gives them a penny and says, get out of here. Well, I mean, technically that's more money. Yeah. You know, I don't want just more money. I want this amount of money or I want to, I don't want to just lose weight. You know, for me, you know, before I started getting back into the fitness industry, I gained up to 200 pounds. That's the biggest I've ever been. I look just like my dad. Yeah. I gained, I was up to 200 pounds. Okay. I was slob. I was just, ugh. And I looked just like my dad, flat chested and stomach. And I'm like, and I had always said as a kid, I said, I don't ever want to look like my dad, (laughs) you know? And I saw myself and I kept on seeing myself in the mirror and I kept on, oh, I'm 195 and I'll drop a couple pounds and then I'd get down to 191 and then I'd 
climb up to 199.5. And then I'm like, okay, well, I haven't hit 200 yet. That's the number my dad was at, 200. And the moment I stepped on the scale one day and I was 200.6 pounds, I says, something's got to change. And I went after it. I went after it hard. But I knew good and well I wasn't, it wasn't going to happen overnight, you know? And, but I created the goal of, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, you know? As I started getting closer to 20, it's kind of like the GPS in the car, right? I knew my destination, but now it's time for me to be rerouted because there was something in the way, okay? I'm like, hey, I hit 180 pounds. I feel like I can look good at 170. And as I started getting closer to 170, I'm like, you know what? Now that I'm starting to feel good, move faster, you know, be able to do things more with my kids, then I'm like, I want to do something that I wanted to do back in the late 90s, and that was to get back into bodybuilding. And I created that goal, you know? Mm-hmm. I, cre- I cast the vision, but I had, I had to make my action steps. My first action step is, well, now you got everybody online to, to, to hire and to, you know, to train you. I, I, I hired a, a coach to prep my meals, you know? And then, of course, meeting the, the girlfriend that I'm dating right now. And then, of course, now switching coaches to somebody that, that actually trains me. And so creating those goals is now giving me the projection of not only can I do it, but it puts also the, the good kind of pressure of, the countable pressure of this is when I need to do it by, you know? Because otherwise, we don't make plans. We don't make those action steps to, to achieve or to go after. And we just, the choices, like what you said, you know, walking by the pizza shop. <laughs> I love pizza, you know? Walking by the pizza shop, you know, and making the choice of, nope, it may be my cheat day, but pizza's not the right cheat for me, you know? And uh, because those choices just continue to trickle down one after another, after another, you know, so I'm loving this. I I love just the, you know, the, the message that y'all have, you know, your, your company name is improve you. And that goes way beyond just the body, the outward appearance. And, and, and you said y'all dealt with that. Y'all dealt with the outward appearance. You dealt with the mental blocks. You dealt with the yo-yo and the roller coaster, just like everybody else has that's gone on any type of fad diet that's out there, you know, where not one diet out there that I know to this day, and I've studied a lot of them, has ever dealt with the mindset. Yeah. It's always dealt with what you're putting in your body, and that's it. Yep. You know, instead of, hey, to change your mind, you have to feed your mind. Yes. Yes. You know, and what we do is so much more than just weight loss. Like, you know, we're, we're helping to change people's lives. What we actually do is we help to optimize human potential by 10 xing people's bodies and then helping them to 10 X their income. Now, changing your body, like, if you look in the mirror and like you are, you're not, you're not able to fit into your clothes, you look like a slob or like, you know, like things are just not in alignment. You can see it, but you know, and I think that that's a pandemic in and of itself, like the global health status. Right. And just like modern living, but The other thing that modern living has also caused, which is another pandemic, is the middle class. Now, if you are out of shape, if you are overweight, you can see the negative effects of that more immediately. But if you're middle class, like you're like, I'm good. But the reality is, is that you have no idea what's coming. You're good they're, enough. They're both right they're both equally as detrimental. And that's what people don't realize now. 
telling a woman you look fat is taboo, but talking about money in general is taboo. So everybody's walking like a chicken with their head cut off. But, you know, when somebody is overweight, at least they can like experience it. When somebody's um, middle class or they're in debt, it's just like that's all they know. And because so many people like, you know, 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, right? Like most Americans are so wrapped up in this middle class mentality that they don't even realize how much their life is, you know, just like a hot mess. But, you know, with their body, they can see that they're a hot mess. If, you know, their size eight pants, like can no longer fit. Right. You know, and then the the other thing with money too, is like, if somebody's got that, they're just like, all right, like, I guess I'm screwed, but you know, so, and it, it, it's become the norm, right? Yeah. So I think what's going on with, with people's bodies is really just a representation of what's happening in today's day-to-day life, yeah. you know, lack of responsibility, lack of accountability, you know, just like there's no social accountability whatsoever, and people are just doing whatever they want. And if somebody is having a tough conversation, then they're bad people. Yeah, yeah. You know, when the reality is, is that they're actually cultivating change. Yeah. So, you know, we get them through them realizing, okay, my body is misaligned. I'm unhappy. And we transition them to a complete transformation. Like, yes, we transform your body. We transform your surroundings. And we then help you to change everything else that you want in your life too. Yeah, absolutely. How can people, what is the best way people to, to reach out to you guys, you know, for what y'all do, whether it's listening to y'all's podcast or even hiring you guys to help them, to coach them, to uh, improve you. <laughs> what is the best way for them to find you guys? I would say anywhere on Facebook, we have a, a main group that is Aaron and Sarit. Um, on our Instagram, it's at Aaron and Sarit. I'll spell that out, Aaron, E-R-I-N-A-N-D-S-A-R-I-T. And then there's several free things. I mean, we have our website is AaronandSarit.com. There's several uh, like free programs and things that they can try on there too um, if they're interested in any of that. Any, any other, I would say those are the best places. Well, I mean, we also have our YouTube, Aaron and Sari. We, we have, we have our, our live show where we go live for our community five days a week. There's like 700 videos. Wow. That's there. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely stuff that they can, people can find you guys and reach out to y'all. I want to ask y'all one last question before we go. What does the, the, the phrase or the name of my podcast purpose through pain mean to you guys? Purpose through pain. What does that mean? Just realness. I mean, if you think about, I'm speaking from my own life experience. I've never lived any other, you know, life. But purpose comes from traumatic experiences, right? Like something that I always tell people is that the universe throws you gifts in many different shapes and forms. Yeah. And pain could be one of them. And just like Aaron said before, when something bad happens to you, it's because you put a bad emphasis on it, but is it bad or is it good? It just, it is what it is. It's 
through how we see life that we choose to view it a certain way. But, you know, because we are wired to survive, it's normally those tough experiences that, you know, leave such a scar or like a memory in our mind that it cultivates change. Yeah. yeah. The definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. And so if we're talking about purpose, through pain, it's t- turning your mess into your message. Yeah. That's so powerful. And, and creating something that is positively influential and impactful mm. to somebody else or a bunch of somebody else's because of something that you've experienced. Yeah, that's so powerful. So good, so good. Guys, thank y'all so much. Listeners, we appreciate it. Please go out and reach out to Aaron and Sarit uh, on social media. There's a wonderful, wonderful couple, good friends of mine. Um, they are changing the world in the, in, the, in the wellness industry, okay? More than just weight loss, but also going after their mindset. And that's where it starts. That's, that's ultimately the biggest change that we all have to have is in our mindset. So please don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to reach out um, to us on Instagram, meet Joseph James um, for anything that you guys may need help with. We want to carry and help you on your journey of Purpose Through Pain. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.